Welcome to church this morning. We're talking about life together in this series. And uh, man, I'm, I'm thrilled to get to share with you. As Tony said, I'm not from around here. I'm from a place where it rains more, uh, where it's colder, uh, but maybe not then today. Today is freezing, uh, but thanks for being here. Community is good for us. And so it's good that we're talking about it this morning, uh, especially in like a really divided world where everybody's got their own story, their own truth. Man, it's, it's confusing to know where we stand, but Christ actually brings clarity to us through community, through the people we uh, grow and flourish amongst. Community's good for you, even you introverts. I saw some of you rush for the toilet when it was like, hey, why don't you turn to the person behind you? Say hi. You're all like, you dashed away. Or you just turn to the person behind you knowing there was no one behind you, so that the person in front of you got your back. Very clever, well done, we're on to you. Uh, it's good for you, community is good for you. Extroverts, introverts, or just extras. It's good for the innies, the outies, the all sorts. I, um, I went to a little Christian school, and um, it was a little Christian school. It had 98 kids in it. And uh, I remember one day, there was this beautiful girl, we were in kindergarten and uh, she was the one. So I did what every normal, well-adjusted, small child at a Christian school did. I stole a knife from the play corner and I went up to her with that knife. You're all freaking out. Chill. Okay, Australia may have been birthed with criminals, but we didn't all grow up that way, okay? So I pulled out my knife. And I said, do you want to come back to my house and I can be a knight in shining armour and you can be a damsel in distress? Oh, you can imagine how that would have gone down these days because um, there are no damsels in distress anymore. Just ask Disney. Um, that was funnier if you're a dude, sorry. Um, but but it, it also was the principal's daughter. And she didn't want to be a damsel in distress and she, she certainly didn't want to come around and hang out at my house, especially because I was now a kleptomaniac. A kleptomaniac is a person who is addicted to stealing things and that was the spirit they prayed off me in the office for about 45 minutes after she dobbed me in. Um, aside from that one moment of weirdness, this little Christian school in Barara, this tiny town of maybe 600 people had a school of just bigger than it should have been. And uh, that community was so, so good for me. I now look back as a parent going, man, I'm so blessed my parents sent me to that school. Yes, it was a little bit confronting having a spirit of kleptomania prayed out of me, but, but they were praying and I knew it. I knew it every day and I still feel it today. 32 years on. They were generous. I remember when refugee families came to our town, came to our school to change their names, wanted to fit in. But man, they kind of didn't let them fit in because they just showered them with so, so much love so that they did fit in. They didn't want for anything. They had everything that everybody else had and it was beautiful. I remember the habits that they instilled in us of 
reading scripture and praying for one another, just little kids who actually believe that the Holy Spirit could do things. That's amazing. Uh, the heart they had for us and for the community. I was formed by that community and that's what communities do for us. Communities are critical. Uh, it matters because it forms us. It, it, communities entwine stories together, making them stronger. And in Christian community, our community, our stories are entwined around the story of God. And that's the story I wanna talk about this morning. Uh, I'm a church planner, I guess now, kinda, uh, based on Curate Auckland. Starting this church uh, is amazing and crazy and so much of what we do is stuff that I probably bought in from that little Christian school that formed me, but the rest of it came out of the cheat sheet that's written in the Bible. If you've got your Bibles, uh, if you wanna turn to Acts 2, uh, verse 42, where there is a cheat sheet there's like crypts notes. There's like church planning for dummies right here, Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Just real quick, it's a crazy piece of Scripture but it's not that revolutionary, is it? To, to be disciplined, to devote yourself to something, to turn up, to devote yourself, not just to something, but to devote yourself to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to devote yourself to the wisdom and encouragement of uh, people who study Scripture and those in your community. To break bread and to pray, to, to remind ourselves and to be scaffolded by these ancient traditions that remind us we're not alone in time and space. We're part of a huge and incredible story that is still being told through our lives. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs. God, there was no space for cynicism. Awe is like the antithesis of cynicism. There was immense and resounding hope. They were together and had all things in common. It, it's, this isn't, they start to sell their things next. This isn't a, it's not like a socialist experiment before you freak out. It's an act of generosity. The church had grown by 3,000 people a few weeks prior. They just had need. And so people knew the, the, the way to meet this need is, is radical generosity. That's the start of the early church and that's the continuation of the church we're a part of. That's what community looks like now. Do any of you have family rules in your house? When I, when I, if I was to walk into your house right now, I'd obviously take off my shoes, which is so foreign to me because in my country, you take off your shoes, you're going to be bitten. You know what I mean? Like spider, snake, mother-in-law, whatever. It's gonna get you if you take off your shoes. But I walk into your home, I take off my shoes and often I'll be confronted by like family rules. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you got any of those? In this family, we do kindness. We do love. 
we forgive. You know, if I was there, I'd be like getting my vivid out, and like, but we don't forget, you know, like. <laughs> I, we don't have family rules in my house because we're just terrible at following them. Um, we couldn't find any that were like, in our family, we are weird. They just don't make that sort of thing. Um, but, but family rules remind us what we're about when everything else is a mess. Family rules and bumper stickers. Hey, you know, like, oh, I'm with Trump. Have you seen those bumper stickers? I love Walmart. Uh, You know, you get the bumper stickers that tell us who you are or often who you're not. We had Jedi bumper stickers. Uh, Basically, I was like a Jedi. It was like a stick man bumper sticker. It was me, lightsaber, or the mullet. That's very Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then my wife was, you know, Princess Leia outline, not the Jabba the Hutt one. Um, Then... Then my kids were like young Padawans, and then we got a dog, he's a Labradoodle called Benji. He was like an Ewok. Um, And it just tells people, don't run into our car because we've got kids here and a Jedi who will force punch your face or something, I don't know. But bumper stickers and family rules, they tell us who we are and who we're not. And uh, when I read about the Acts 2 community, these family rules, this way of living tells us a lot about who that community was and who that community was not. It can be separated into two things, and I want to talk about those this morning, two types of community. And the first one is contrast community. The early church was like nothing the world had ever seen before in its generosity, in its love for one another. But that wasn't the first time that the people of God looked different from the rest of the world. We see it start off in Abraham, Abraham uh, is asked by God to take his son up a mountain to sacrifice him. And it's my favourite story, which sounds terribly sadistic. But in this ancient world, Abraham walks up a mountain with his son, the same mountain that his friends have walked up with their children, because they're sacrificing to the gods of that land who tell them you must sacrifice a child to be made right with us. But Abraham walks up that mountain with his child, gets to the top and discovers that God has other plans. God is building a contrast community. He doesn't want his people to look the same as everyone else. He wants them to be different. So instead of making Abraham sacrifice his son, he says, I'm gonna send a sacrifice for you, pointing to the ultimate sacrifice, which will be my son, not yours. Because though I'm like those other gods, I am God, capital G God. I am a contrast God. I'm like nothing you've seen before. It continues with Israel. They want a king. They're not gonna get a king because God is their king. He sets himself up as king over these people so that they don't look the same, so that by who they are, God is made much of and God is glorified. John Durham says this, Israel, uh, speaking of Israel, there are people set apart, different from all other people, by what they are and are becoming. A display people, a showcase to the world of how being in covenant with Yahweh changes people. Right? They're a treasured possession, a holy nation, a priestly kingdom, very different from the places and the nations around them. And still we see it in the disciples. We see it all the way up to uh, this point in Acts. The disciples, well, that's a crazy contrast because 
the disciples are following a rabbi named Jesus. And followers of a rabbi have been told to follow the Torah, to make it your everything, right? The rules and the regulations of the Torah, those are your guide to life. But, but these disciples, they don't follow the Torah, their centerpiece, their pivot point, their cornerstone is the rabbi. It's radical that the disciples obey Jesus as Lord and don't simply respect him as teacher. We hear it in the Beatitudes, right? If there was anything you wanted to put on your, above your shoes in your house, it's the Beatitudes. Disciples have a radical differentiator from the rest of the world. And it's, it's really love. It's love through and in the person of Christ. They become a community of tax collectors, a community of sinners and prostitutes and lepers. You know, Jesus, I don't even have time for this, but we're gonna do it. Jesus only performs two miracles in Jerusalem, right? Everything else is scattered to the four winds of the east, but, but, but in Jerusalem, he works two miracles. He heals a blind man and a lame man. Right, both outside the temple, both daily praying to be healed so that they might enter the temple. Those are the two miracles Jesus does in Jerusalem. Why does he do those two miracles in Jerusalem? To undo a thousand year old curse. David breaks into Jerusalem and goes, the blind and the lame will never inhabit my house. Solomon, being the super wise guy he is, uh, then doubles down on it and goes, yeah, the blind and the lame, they'll never inhabit the temple. They'll never inhabit your house either, God. Jesus broke time and space to undo thousand year curses because his people get it wrong, right? That's community. Community is when we get it wrong, getting around each other, pointing ourselves back to Jesus and go, Jesus, undo the thousand year old curses we've spoken over our own lives the two-year-old curses, the two-minute-old curses. We've got to look different. Sorry, it's a massive tangent, but let's just keep going. We're salt and we're light. Salt, bringing out the God flavours in the people and things around us. And light, light of the world, Matthew 5, 14 says, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Paul goes even further and says, in a world full of slaves and masters. You can be free, but you're only free if you become a slave to our master, Jesus Christ. Scripture is setting us up in contrast to the rest of the world. We are to be, as the people of God, a contrast community. Contrast for out there, where we can be seen by people. Contrast where they need salt, where they need light. And when we're in here, covenant. This is the second part of the community that we're reading about in Acts. It's not just a contrast community. It's a covenant community. Covenant community is the kind of community we're called to be a part of here in the church. It's more than family, right? We say welcome to the family, but, but covenant community goes even deeper than that. It's a commitment to walk with one another as God walks with us. Leviticus 26 verse 12 says, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. We can only be contrast people 
because we're first covenant people. Joining a church is not joining uh, a bunch of random individuals who thought this will be good fun, let's give this a crack. Let's make a patchwork quilt of all our different personalities and some of us will bring a lot of patches, right? Joining a church is joining the gathered continuation of the covenant people of God. It's still a contrast community, but it's united in the things that make us different. Romans 14, none of us live to himself and none of us die to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. It's really hard though, being in this type of community, like a covenant community, because there's no space in covenant community for falsehoods, right? Like covenant community is when we stand with one another as we stand before God. We don't get to wear our masks here. I don't care how convenient it is. I'd really like you all to think I'm something I'm not, but I don't get to. We don't get that luxury because in covenant community, I'm making an agreement to be real with you. I'm making an agreement to be before one another as I am before God. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbour, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. <laughs> I like that. Because I kind of like being angry. Like, we all need to vent, right? We all need to get it off our chests. But, but do not sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's convenient. Because Amy and I, my wife and I, we like to be angry with one another and not sin. But the problem is, <laughs> my wife, God bless her, I love her so, so much. Uh, her voice puts me to sleep. Like I'm a super anxious personality. I've got like a thousand dreams and ideas going on at any one point. And when my wife says to me, baby, can I pray for us before we go to sleep? I'm like, yes, please. Later on, like the next morning, she'll be like, wasn't that a great prayer? I think that was one of the best prayers I've ever, I got no idea. You said, dear Lord, and I said, hello, pillow, you know. Uh, but it means if like, we're not trying to let the sun go down on our anger, she's telling me all the things I've done wrong and the sun went down on her anger. I obviously forgave her because um, she's lovely. Anyway, verse 27, uh, and give no opportunity to the devil. Don't let bitterness grow. Don't let bitterness take root. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labour doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And that scripture goes on, but we don't have time. But, but we've got to be a community that makes space for forgiveness, for restoration, right? For people to make right and then to move forward as part of our covenant community. These are the things that make, uh, that the, the covenant community is all about. It's about encouragement. It's about encouragement. 
Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Goes without saying, like it's difficult. It's difficult to be the encourager, especially in the 21st century when all I want is a little bit of encouragement. Do you know what I mean? Like the world's not there to encourage us. And so to come into a community and go, I'm a part of this community and I'm gonna encourage other people, it's real easy to become entitled. Like I will, but only after they encourage me. But we've got to be people of encouragement. There's no one who doesn't need it. And it's an encouragement that we fuel and we stoke the things that make our relationship as a people before God special. We need to be people of support. Galatians 6, 2, uh, sorry, 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We often make the mistake of reading the epistles like their letters to us when they're letters to our church, right? They're letters to churches. And so they're not letters to individuals, but letters to a community. It's not the role of one person, but it's the role of a community to serve one another, to bear one another's burdens. It can happen outside of community, but if you've ever accepted anything from anyone, you know it's a lot easier to do it in person. It's a lot easier when you can make eye contact to accept a compliment or a disagreement. It's a lot easier when we are physically together. And finally, it's mentioned in that last scripture, but uh, community offers us a place of accountability. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We're all very selfish people. We're all very selfish people. We like sheep have gone astray. Greed or lust or lie or covetousness, we are all so guilty. In this covenant community though, we're reminded and we're to remind one another that though the wages of sin are death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That though we are all guilty, in Him we are set free. Nobody is the hero in our communities. Right? You are not the hero of this community. I am not the hero. I got the mic, but I'm not the hero of this community. Joel and Katie are not the heroes of this community. Christ is the hero of this community. He is and forever will be. That's our future. That's the future He has for us. What would it look like if we all did this? What would it look like? to be a place of encouragement, a place of support and a place of accountability. Real simply, it's this. I can't tell you for me, I'm too old. I've done my dash, right? I'm quite formed. 
But my word, I can tell you what it looks like for our children, right? Love, joy, peace. If we're encouraging our children in these things, what would it look like for a generation of young people in our churches to grow up without anxiety? Because we've encouraged peace over them all of their lives. Not just mum and dad. And God bless you, mum and dad, you're doing an amazing job. But it's all of our responsibility, right? No kids with anxiety. What a world. What would it look like to support? You know, that mum who's coming in, she's got all her kids in the car, in the rain, in the freezing cold. What would it look like if she knew the moment she got here, there'd be people to help her get them out? Or even people there, before it was even an issue, helping get those kids in the car. What would support look like to know that there were no empty cupboards for our kids? No empty arms for those who don't have kids. Through whatever reason, no empty arms and no empty hands. What would it look like to be people that are willing to let our burdens be carried by other people and not just try to do it on our own? Man, that's a world I want for my kids. That's a community I want for Joel, for Izzy and for Harper. And accountability. C.S. Lewis says, uh, love is not affectionate feeling, but it's a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. Let's love one another to maintain short accounts, to maintain good accountability, good standing with one another as Christ does for us. You got no right to not forgive somebody because you've been forgiven so, so much. Sorry, it's convenient, eh? Holding on to unforgiveness gives you an excuse. We got no right for all that you've been forgiven. Let's let our children know that we aren't perfect, but because of our community, because of the accountability we have in the covenant community of God, we don't have to be perfect because we've been keeping short accounts with God and with others. The devil prowls around looking for things to devour, but in our community, there won't be our children because we've been a people, a people of accountability, a people of support and a people of encouragement. We come here to communion and there's so many ways to respond. Communion by its nature, right, is contrast. And it's very, very covenant. Communion is a table prepared of reconciliation for us before God. And it's a table where we remember all that has happened for us through the death, through the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. This morning, would you come? Would you stand? Would you make your way up here? Grab the elements, take them back to your seat and we're gonna take communion together.